that, you know, if we don't talk about this, where is the dentist, where is the patient going to get this information from? They're going to get it from the hairdresser. They're going to get it from High Smile and the internet. They're going to get it from their best friends. Um, they're going to look for this information. There's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. You don't even need to be in the dental field to understand that the color of teeth is, is the most important thing. Welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast, the forward-thinking podcast for dental professionals. Join us as we discuss hot topics in dentistry, clinical tips, continuing education, and adding value to your life and career with your host, Jazz Gulati. Hello, Protrusive This is Jazz Gulati, and welcome to episode 58 of the Protrusive Dental Podcast. I appreciate you for joining us. Today is such an impactful hour that we have on teeth whitening. Now, a lot of you are thinking, teeth whitening? Come on, Jazz, that's so basic. You just get a tray, whack some gel in, and that will whiten the teeth, right? Well, no, there's so much more to it than that, and this is gonna be probably the most impactful, real talk, 60 minutes of teeth whitening content you ever heard. And I think everyone needs to hear it because today's guest is Payman Nangrudi. He was a dentist and then he founded Enlightened Whitening, which is like the premium brand of teeth whitening in the UK. And what he's doing is amazing. He's such a massive supporter of young dentists and, and, and dental education. So I, it was an absolute honor to have him on and he really covers it in a, in a real you know, in a real talk fashion, right? We don't, you know, we, it's not too scientific. It's not too blah, blah. It's actually so easy to listen to Payman Langrudi talk about these things. I hope you enjoy and follow along with great ease. We talk about all the important things that you should know as a practitioner for teeth whitening, like comparing the different tray designs. Uh, what might surprise you is that a gel is not a gel is not a gel. So all the gels may not be the same and you know we'll, we'll look into why that might be the case. How to maximize success by reducing sensitivity and how and why you should be doing more teeth whitening right now. The protrusive dental pearl I have for this episode is whitening related. Did you know that you could be whitening your patient's teeth during tooth alignment. So uh, a lot of my Invisalign patients will be whitening as they go along. Uh, but the magic really happens at the end. Like some of my patients will whiten so well during their aligner phase that there's hardly anything to do at the end. But that's rare. That's when they got all the best enamel and their protocol is really good and uh, everything just aligns. But a lot of patients will need the final teeth whitening at the end in their retainers. But the Vivera retainers by Invisalign, and this is not sponsored by Invisalign or anything, uh, they are fantastic, right? We all know how good Vivera retainers are. And because the seal is so good that uh, Enlightened Whitening uh, actually guarantees a B1 shade if you use their Enlightened Whitening system in Viveras. So the first time I learned that, I was like, whoa, that is crazy because it speaks volumes about Vivera retainers, but also speaks volumes about um, Enlighten, the fact that they, they understand that, hey, it's not just their high quality trays, they respect that uh, there's another system out there in Viveras that will produce a good seal. And that's why with their gel, they're able to guarantee that B1 shade. And sometimes when I, when I told dentists about this, they said, um, you know where the attachments are? Don't you get like a, a tan line where, where the tooth has not whitened? It's just not the case, you know? We know that the teeth whitening gel, uh, it goes under the enamel if you like, uh, and it's, it's not gonna leave any patchy areas that didn't whiten. So that's not a concern that I have and it hasn't been for my patients, but certainly, especially in the retention phase, if you're using Viveras, they make fantastic whitening trays. This episode is sponsored by Enlightened Whitening and I really appreciate their support for the podcast. Payman is, is one of the producerati and I'm ever so grateful for that. So it was, it was really great for that reason to have him on as well. And I hope you enjoyed this episode, but I just want to say what a few more words about my experience with Enlightened. Everything from the branding, to even the courses that they put on with Mini Smile Makeover has that premium feel and patients can really sense it when they go on their website for Enlightened Whitening or when they get the packaging, uh, even the trays. When you get the trays from Enlighten, you can tell there's something a level above for their trays. So I just want to say thanks so much to Enlighten for sponsoring the show. Really appreciate it. And I hope you all enjoy this episode. Hey man, Nagrudi, welcome to the Protrusive Podcast. How are you? I'm very good, man. Thank you very much, Jazz. Um, as one of the Protruserati myself, I'm very proud to be, very proud to be on the show. Uh, you know, my favorite podcast, my favorite dental podcast that's, for sure. That, that's uh, really awesome to hear, and I really appreciate that. Uh, with your uh, what you and Prab are doing with their DLP uh, Dental Leaders podcast is, is amazing as well. Uh, so many great guests you've had on there, uh, international superstars from US here. Uh, I mean, that's been probably going on for just over a year now with DLP. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, we talk about this, uh, Jazz. Yeah, we perhaps got a 20 man marketing agency. I've got five people in my marketing team, 
and yet you manage to do more on your podcast than we do. Now, let me tell you, they're not they're not all 100% working on our podcast, yeah. But it goes to show, it goes to show, yeah, that passion is where it's at, you know. Uh, I really um, appreciate that. I have got two guys working for me now, though. So have you? I have, thank you, John Ali Media and uh, Paris Khan, who do uh, the, the sort of uh, the bits on the side for me. So it allows me to have more time with family and stuff because it's great fun and passion. Before the beginning, it was all me. But then, you know, there comes a point where you need to, let others do the work so you can have more time with family and stuff. So, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a much more automated process now, thankfully. Otherwise, uh, where would I find the time, right? It's one of those crazy things. So I don't know how you guys squeeze it in. You know, you run uh, Enlighten, MSM and Prav with, you know, not not eating or drinking anything for 21 days, yet still doing <laughs> yeah. all the crazy things he does. I don't know where you guys find the time and energy from. Yeah, he's uh, he is a totally different animal to me, man. <laughs> It's, it's, it's just amazing. So uh, it's so good to have you on because I want to talk about teeth whitening, particularly the bits that, you know, when I've done your one hour training before, used Enlightened before, uh, I, I've, I've done whitening. I, I feel I've done more complex cases, as you've seen as well. Uh, some really horrible brown marks I've, I've, uh, I've treated with purely whitening and microabrasion. I use whitening as part of my icon protocols. Um, I use whitening alongside clear aligner therapy. So uh, what I want to tackle is the controversy, the controversies, the troubleshooting, the when things don't go right, and how we can identify and help dentists with that, uh, and, and who better than you? But you know, there are some people who may be listening from around the world who don't know who you are. So, Pay, just tell us a little bit about your backstory uh, and why you are a great person, in my opinion. To talk to about whitening. Um, yeah, so I am a dentist, but I haven't practiced now for ten years. Um, I, I, we started a whitening company. And uh, we started off actually with light activated whitening, which I'm sure you'll get to. Um, but uh, back in around 2005, we stopped with the light activated and, and we decided to move into um, tray based whitening. And uh, yeah, so we've got a tray based system. It's probably the, the higher end of, of, of the uh, different systems. Um, it guarantees results. You know, we get very, very good results every time. Um, uh, the, the, for your listeners in the US, the, the closest thing would be the, the core system. So we, we did collaborate a lot with Rod Curthy um, back in the day um, when he'd written his book and all of that. So yeah, that, that, that's, that's kind of the whole story. Brilliant. Well, uh, you mentioned it straight away. So let's, let's not, uh, let's not, you know, uh, let's go straight for the kill. Light-based systems. Okay. Let's do some myth busting. Okay. What is all that about? Because we, you know, early on after dental school, we get taught that it's a load of BS, uh, and uh, it's it's just a, a sales ploy. It's it's that sort of stuff. So, what could you say to the dentists? I mean, are we are we right in our interpretation that is all BS, or is there some some positive benefits that perhaps we're we're, we're not really uh, stopping and listening for? No, no, it's it's all <laughs> it's all it's all BS. You know, dude. Uh, like I say, <laughs> we started with light activated, and and we believed it at the time. Um, hmm. And then, uh, you know, it came down to cover half the light over and see. Um, but if you go to the research, then no, it really doesn't work. The real, the real shame of it is that while there are still dental systems out there that, that, that use lights, then all of the sort of over-the-counter things that people are seeing pop up on their, on their feed, you know, the, the high smiles, the snow whitening, all of those ones are sort of referring back to the light at the dentist. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess that's not doing harm to patients, but, uh, you know, at the time when you know, we were isolating the teeth and then putting these uh, UV lights on and all that, um, all for nothing, all for nothing. It, but, it really but, I think you raised a good point that there was at the t at time a belief that, hey, you know what, this could be helping, this is activating. So it, it's not that it, from the beginning, it was all like, hey, let's scam people. It wasn't, I'm sure it no. was never like that. No. I'm sure there was a belief system, but then the evidence came out that actually it doesn't make a difference. And so I admire the fact since for the last 15 years, you guys are, are, are a tray-based system. So you have that, that's much to be admired there. Um, mm. So we've, we've we've hit that one on the head where we can move on now. So light base is rubbish. And I guess you raise a good point, the high smile and those little lights that people uh, show. Um, Connor, oh, who's that boxer, the Irish guy? Yeah, McGregor. Yeah, he had a little Instagram advert I saw of him showing it off or whatnot, that little light you stick on. And you know, the, you know, that just shows there's a lot of marketing to be done. People uh, perceive it as a high quality system because they still think that, hey, there's that whole laser whitening, the light whitening, yeah. you know, all that sort of stuff. So there has that history behind it, I guess. So I, I mean, think you, you, you know, the, 
the over the counter is strange the way the way things trend on on the internet. Um, but you know, we all saw the charcoal trend that that came and kind of is going. Um, but that didn't have any basis in professional. You know, there's no dentist using charcoal to do anything, and yet it trended. Whereas these light ones, because the, you know people can see that there are dentists using lights, then it somehow makes it much more like it's a real thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I honestly, you know, as, since I was involved in the business myself and I fully believed in it, I think even the people behind these lights believe in them because they know no better. You know, I don't, I don't think they're going out to scam people, most of them. Um, but no, they don't make any difference is, is the answer to the question. And, and what about these um, over-the-counter whitening systems? I know they're all like, you know, they're not going to be as clinically uh, efficacious or, or as um, your hydrogen peroxide, your carbamide peroxide. No way. It's impossible. But is there a black horse in there? I'm sure you guys have looked well into this, maybe test some stuff out. Is there something out there that actually is looking promising? Maybe something enzymatic yeah. or any anything that could be good? Well, understand, first of all, that outside of Europe, you can use up to 6% hydrogen peroxide over the counter. So, you know, the, 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 you know, the same concentrations that we're using in, in the clinic are available over the counter all over the world outside of Europe. And certainly for me, as a, call me a, a developer of teeth whitening systems, that, that's a goal. Yeah? Um, you know, I, I feel like I have two goals. One, to really make that one hour thing work, you know, to make teeth white within an hour. And two, to produce the best system that's possible without actually visiting a dentist. Um, That's not going to be possible in Europe. In Europe, it will still have to go and buy that from a dentist without making a tray or whatever. Um, But uh, there's a long way to go because the the, the first one of, of trying to make teeth actually white within an hour, we're nowhere near that. Um, you know, we, we're sort of trying to get it, the difficult cases down from four weeks down to three weeks. And that's a massive achievement for us. Uh, we're nowhere near an hour. But on the other side of is, it... Is that because we're limited to the, the, the gels? Or do you mean like any gel, any percentage anyway, uh, that's anyway, difficult in an hour? Anyway, I don't, I don't think it's possible. Um, but the other one of, of, of creating a system that people can buy and uh, actually make their teeth white... Um, you know, people are spending millions on these high smile and uh, snow and uh, over the counter products that do nothing at all. Um, I, I think there's the space there for improvement. And, and s- certainly, you know, I'm working on that. I'm, you, know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I see that as my two goals. <laughs> let's let, let's ask you a question. Hopefully, I pay. I know you won't mind. You take things really cool. Um, what do you feel about them? Because, you know, dentists feel hard done by that, hey, beauticians do what they do, or the fact that people can spend their hard-earned money and on stuff from the pharmacy that doesn't really work. But what, what you're trying to say is, that what if you could make something that people could buy that would work, but then what about those people who never bother going to a dentist and now are potentially, if a successful product exists, whitening without having seen a dentist in that potential scenario, if you were to be successful with point number two? Well, well, we can see it with the uh, the white strips, right? The, 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 they're, they're selling. Um, there's not harm being done to patients. Okay, it would be good if they visited the dentist just for their dental health. Um, but I, I don't think that, you know, as a dentist, obviously, I would like people to come see dentists. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that strips are doing harm to, to people. Um, you know, my, my, my thing is there could be improvement on the strips themselves. You know, mm-hmm. a, a better over-the-counter system. As I say, in Europe, you will still have to buy that from a dentist. And the way I'm thinking about it is if if we do manage to make a breakthrough there, it would be something through a hygienist, you know, like a, a, a do you want fries with that um, from the <laughs> scale, scale and polish? You know, the, the, you come have your teeth cleaned, hygienist, do you want fries with that? Just go home with this box. Yeah, and 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 whiten the teeth. And there's, a, you know, the, the biggest problem in whitening, I'm sure we'll get to it, uh, Jazz, is that we don't do enough of it. Are you enjoying the Protrusive Dental Podcast? Well, allow me to deliver you even more value. You can now download the iOS or Play Store app for free. Just search Protrusive on your app platform. Now, if you're a true Protrusive and you want to support the podcast, you want to claim CPD for all the listening and watching that you do, you want to get access to exclusive clinical walkthrough videos to make dentistry tangible, as well as a premium newsletter, access to the Protrusive Vault, and the ability to download all the clinical videos and podcast videos so you can view them offline later, you can get all of that for less than 15 tax-deductible dollars per month. So what are you waiting for? Download the Protrusive app now on iOS or Android for absolutely 
absolutely nothing. We've worked so hard on this protrusive team, and I know you're just going to love it. Now back to the main episode. Um, <laughs> we don't. We don't. Absolutely, talk I definitely want to talk about that. Absolutely. Yeah, the, you know, we we we've got a massive opportunity. Um, the public want this. Uh, they're probably more interested in the color of their teeth than everything else put together. You know, um, outside of a missing tooth, I really think they'd be more interested in the color of the teeth than alignment, you know, <laughs> any, anything where, you know, all the stuff that we look into in examinations, man. I mean, you're, you're an occlusion expert. You look, you know, a, the dentist will look into slides, interferences, center line shifts and all that, and then not mention shade to the patient, the number one thing on the patient's mind. Um, and we've, we've got to get over that. Um, we've got to see it as education. Not well, let's go sale. straight for that. I mean, there are so many questions I've got to ask you, but that was one of them, right? Yeah. How can we do more whitening? Is it is it basically as simple as we are, as dentists, as clinicians, not communicating in the best way possible yeah. to be able to give our patients the shade they deserve? Yeah, we're not discussing shade. We're not discussing shade. I mean, I don't know, you're, you're, you're a progressive dentist, Jazz, yeah? So maybe yep. you do. Maybe with every single patient in every single examination. Uh, I'm, I'm guilty of shade. not doing that. And, and, and I've, listened, I've, heard, I've, listened, I've read and I've listened to you say this before. I went to your online training and you said that, right? Discuss shade with, with, with every patient. I, probably for about two weeks after you, you told me, I, I did it. <laughs> but guess what happens? You know, you get out of habit and, and you don't. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a, but, you know, but I put my hands reasons. up and say you're right. No, but there are good reasons for it, yeah? And, and the reasons are we don't want to annoy people. We don't want to offend people. Um, we don't want to come across as pushy salesmen. We don't want to embarrass people. And, and you know, those are all really good reasons. Um, but my, my thing is, you know, it should be part of the education. It should be like oral hygiene instructions. That, you know, if we don't talk about this, where is the dentist, where is the patient going to get this information from? They're going to get it from the hairdresser. They're going to get it from High Smile and the internet. They're going to get it from their best friends. Um, they're going to look for this information. There's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. You don't even need to be in the dental field to understand that the color of teeth is, is the most important thing to our patients. And th that's the sort of the massive elephant in the room, the disconnect. The most important thing to the patient isn't being talked about by the dentist. You know, and you're so, and, you're so right. You're so right. So what, what, what is it? Is it as simple as just taking a photo with a shade tab for every patient and saying, Hey, you are here on the scale. Uh, and then let the patient make the comments or, 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 or you know, is it ways. as simple as that? There are different ways. Linda Greenwald, she advocates uh, using an A3 shade tab only and saying, look, this is average. You're either average, you're slightly below, you're slightly above and introducing it that way. Um, for me, uh, the, the the reason why I think the reason why we don't ask lots of patients about it is because there is a type of patient who may get offended, embarrassed or annoyed. Um, anecdotally, I would say one out of 20 is like that. But we see, you know, pre-COVID, a lot of us would see 20 patients a day. And so that's one a day. And the problem we've got is we don't know which one. We don't know which one it's going to be. Is it going to be the first patient or the third patient or the eighth patient who's going to feel that way? Um, and because of that, we sort of tiptoe around the issue. We don't discuss it anywhere near as much as we should. And then I don't know what you think, but I would think anecdotally that half your patients would be interested in whitening one day, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but those guys never get to hear about it. Um, because we're so worried about that one. And so we've put a process in place in, in these, uh, you know, the, our regional centers, the ones where we really focus on those practices to try and get over this issue. And the way that I've figured about it is for the for the receptionist to get over this issue. So before the, the patient even sees the dentist, the receptionist takes takes permission for shade taking. And she says it in a very simple way. She says, we're going to take shade on all our patients so no one feels like they're being singled out or embarrassed or, you know, we're taking shade on all our patients because we've become a whitening center or because the color of teeth changes. Yeah. The color of teeth change, you know, because we want to monitor that because we've got whitening offers, whatever it is. Um, as long as there's a because in there, um, we've seen uh, we've done this 140 times now and uh, we've seen 80 percent of patients say yes to that. Um, so this this is you um, giving permission to the receptionist to inform the patients that part of their uh, exam. examination will involve a, a shade yeah. analysis. 
Yeah. And and 20% say no to that. And that's super cool. The whole thing is there to filter that 20% out. But then 80% say yes to that, get a piece of paper that then positions the practice as a whitening center. Maybe offers are on there, scheduling, you know, timing. Patient comes in with a piece of paper. Now the patient's asking you for shade taking. There's there's no excuse. You know, there's, there's no reason not to do it. Um, I've seen dentists go from doing two a month to doing 20 a month because of that one change. And, you know, there's, there's massive unmet demand for whitening in most practices. I love that. And you know what? Uh, I, I, like I said, I went to online training. I applied it a little bit. I didn't continue. So I'm going to give it a go. So uh, <laughs> by the time this episode comes out, I will, I will have, you know, maybe in the intro when I record it, I can, I can tell people of, uh, if that's any different. So uh, <laughs> tomorrow, so Zoe, my nurse Zoe, if you're listening, my nurse uh, Daria, Nat, if you, if you ladies are listening, make sure I'm on this uh, and we've got to do it as a practice. <laughs> so that's amazing. I love that. And I also, I mean, I don't want to let this gem let go that you just mentioned. You said as long as you mentioned because, yeah, because that is important, okay? Because we know there's a there's a famous study. I don't know if you may be referring to that study, the photocopier study in, in yeah. Harvard or something. Cialdini's yeah. so, book. Th- th- yeah, please t- tell us about the study. Yeah, but basically, as long as there was a because, eighty um, percent of the people let the person in front of them when they said, "Can I jump in front of you in the queue?" They said because it didn't matter what they say after because. Um, 80% yeah, it was a, it was a queue for photocopying uh, yeah. basically, and it was and if, you know if you if you just ask you you get you get many yeses. People don't get annoyed, and when you add a because, yeah. that becomes so much more powerful. Yeah, if you don't put a because, it's it actually flips it, and eighty percent say no, and twenty percent say yes. Um, you know that's a simple I don't know, call it call it a, a trick of the mind, but actually um, it, it's it's getting over the dentist's variability. I mean, this variability between dentists and even within the one dentist, as you're saying. Um, so that, you know, the, some dentists will mention it to lots of patients. Many dentists won't. When patients come in with this piece of paper, then, you know, you've already got permission to talk about this. I think I can immediately think it's so easy, I think, to apply this to new patients because you can have it as part of your new patient. And obviously yeah. it's more difficult now with pandemic, but paperwork and sheets and stuff. With Because now I've just started working in a practice where they had the same dentist for 32 years and now I'm the new guy, right? Uh, so this might, for my ch- my situation, a bit more challenging, but that doesn't mean I can't do it, it you know, because they've already seen new changes. We've now gone intro scanner. We've got a telly in the room. We're playing to the damn wall now that I'm here. So there's so <laughs> many changes. I'm sure they can uh, accept one more that, hey, I'm doing a shade analysis because color of teeth change and it's important to, to keep an eye on this and and they've already used to me taking photos so let's do it i will definitely do that and i think if, if anyone's listening and you want to do more whitening cases because let's admit it whitening is fun to do uh, and patients like it and it's good for the gingiva i mean let's let's be honest there's health benefits yeah. as well uh, and and for root caries and there's so many health benefits to discuss yeah. in that respect so i think we can all protrusorati crack on and let's see if as a, as a as a group we can be doing more whitening so pay well, Thanks one for other, sharing those gems. One mm. other thing, but um, we, a lot of us do mention whitening when we're doing a treatment plan of some sort. Yeah, So you're going to do some aligners, you're going to do some composites, mini smile maker, whatever it is. You're going to mention whitening in that situation. The ones that get missed a lot um, are patients who need nothing at all. Yeah, the, there's many of those in some practices where there's, you know, the, the, the hygiene team are doing their job properly. There's loads of, the majority of patients come in every six months and out, need nothing at all. Now that patient gets ignored from the whitening perspective all the time. And that's the best patient to do whitening on. Because, you know, the reason that guy's brushing his teeth so well isn't to keep his gums pink. The reason he's brushing his teeth so well is because he wants to keep his teeth white. And for the dentist or the hygienist to say to that guy, look, you've done so well with your brushing, that's that, that affirmative thing. That's what he wants to hear. He's you know, done it so well. You've done really well with your brushing. You need nothing because you're brilliant. What about stuff you might want, like whitening? You know, a, a majority of those patients will go ahead. Um, but you know, we, we're so stuck on the reason I'm asking you this. I'm so worried about asking you this because uh, you know I don't want to offend you. But the reason I'm asking you is this because you can't have your whitening after these fillings. That's a very easy and obvious thing. Mm, so stuck mm-hmm. on that one that we forget. You know, those guys who need nothing, the healthy patients are the most likely to go ahead with whitening. That, that, that's so true. I, did, I never even thought about it that way because it's so easy for me to say, hey, we're going to build up your lateral incisors. Why don't we improve your shade and match your shade? That's an easy conversation to have. You know, yeah. I think every dentist should, should be able to, to have that conversation. But you're right. These are these are people who are doing great. They obviously care. They maintain their oral hygiene and whitening will, will do them wonders, I think. So that's another group we've identified that we can definitely um, help. 
Now that leads nicely to the next question I want to ask you is sometimes you help these patients with all you know best intentions and something doesn't go to plan, they come back and they oh, you, you know, it has happened to me before. They say it's not as white as I was expecting, or I haven't found the result. And I think I know where I've gone wrong in the past. And it's a diagnosis issue that I've had and I've, I've overcome it. But can you think of some some good two, three points? Why whitening is not as successful as it, as, it, as we know as we know we can because you all got great cases on our hands and photos of that. So uh, yeah. let's tackle that one. So first thing is most dentists who've done quite a lot of whitening will have some cases that were amazing. The the teeth went off the charts white. The sensitivity was low. Um, the uh, teeth stayed white. There weren't lots of white opac- patchiness or opacities and so on. Um, maybe the patient was delighted and referred a friend or whatever it is. The, the, what I would say to you is on those occasions, everything went right by mistake. And really what you've got to try and do is try and make everything go right on purpose. So from mm. the, if we stay away from the, the clinical factors, what, what, what what's actually makes things more difficult from the patient perspective, just if we're talking about what you're doing, there's four key areas that go wrong. And it's the impression or scan and we should get to it, but we still prefer impressions to scans. So the data capture, whichever way you do that, um, the lab work, the gels, and the desensitizing protocol, whatever that is for you. Any one of those four goes wrong, the treatment will go wrong. And so from the operative perspective, um, you know, we're getting hundreds of impressions in every day and in, 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 in lighten. Um, there are, you know, I'm sad to say, quite a lot of poor impressions come in. And I think it's something to do with, uh, it, it's your mindset when you're using alginate, mm-hmm. is an alginate mindset. You know, you, you sort of maybe in a hurry and, and, and thinking of study models where it really doesn't matter what that gingival margin looks like. I think the same dentist, if he was taking an impression for Invisalign with silicon, would be paying a lot more attention to making sure that gingival margin's perfect. Um, so you know, comment. The, the best thing you can do as a dentist in the operative sense is take a really good impression. It sounds obvious, but but we do get quite a lot of poor ones. We do. Um, so that's the first thing. Then then the lab work, and, and we should get on to that. You know, what, what yeah, makes please. a good tray and what doesn't. And what I can tell you about that is that um, as important as the the protocol is the technician themselves. Um, so, you know, it takes us six months to train a technician to the, the standard that we'll need and a lot drop out before or, or get kicked out before they yeah. get to that point. Um, sometimes you can tell within a month that someone's not right um, for the job. And uh, in, in te- technician circles, when I tell them that, they balk at it because from a, in a technician's world, making bleaching trays is like the lowest of the low. Mm-hmm. Um but to make a really good bleaching tray, um, the technician is key. Um, there's a lot of sort of flaming of the edges going on, which actually, instead of you know pushing it in, lifts it out. There's 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 lots of things you can do wrong. You can manhandle the thing too much in the finishing and 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 ruin it that way. Um, but the protocol is also important. The amount of pressure in the machine, the, the material you use, a bunch of things like that. Um, so a good tray. I mean, essentially, the, the most important factor of the tray is the seal, right? I mean, the ability to keep saliva out. Am I, am I right in saying that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, Jazz, the best way to test that, if, if I'm testing two different designs, the, the best way for me to know the answer to that question is to make them both for myself and try them in. I mean, it sounds okay. unscientific, yeah. Um, but when I say myself, there's there's a few of few of us in the office. Let's say there's there's six eight people. We'll, we'll make the same mouth. We'll make three different designs for, and all of us will try them in. And and you can tell, you can tell. I was very focused on the front of the mouth as far as retention and so forth. But as as I've got more experience, I've realized the back is more important. Even you know that flapping about of the thing. Yep let saliva in you know it just it just it just makes it a problem so so you know you know the, the right tray the right retentive tray that keeps the gel where it is absolutely right, yeah, oh, the right. Gel, well let's go to the gel right yeah and, oh sorry i've skipped them yeah yeah and, and the gel look the the and it's this common thing that's around that peroxide is peroxide 
Um, th th this one is the one that kind of annoys me the most of all of the different myths out there, because, you know, I can see when what happens when we get batches of our gel delivered to us, and then those are used by the users. And the as this is why we changed our whole protocol regarding how short the, the distances between the factory and the dentist, because we were finding that near the end of the batch, we were getting problems. We were getting um, problems with sensitivity and with whitening at the same time. And it's counterintuitive because you think, well, sensitivity is a function of more oxygenation. Yep. And yet we were getting more sensitivity and less whitening at the same time at the end of the batch. And, you know, talk to a bunch of people about it. I'm no chemist, but 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 what I can tell you is that it goes beyond the sort of GCSE chemistry, which is the 2H2O2 goes to 2H2O plus O2 oxygen. It goes beyond that. You know, we're, we're in the sort of the hydroxyl radicals and peroxyl radicals, the oxygen ions, and then there's a hydrogen ion that happens. So as this thing breaks down, it becomes acidic. And it's that acidic nature of a broken down gel, which increases sensitivity in the process. So, so we're very focused on this, but even if even enlightened gel is different in, in different parts of the batch. Now we try and really minimize this batch variability by ordering small amounts, using it up, ordering small amounts, using it up. We had a problem over lockdown that some was left some was left over, you know, over that three month period, mm -hmm. which we had to get rid of. Um, so the idea that Enlighten is the same as Polo, is the same as Boutique, is the same as, you know, Zoom is is magnificent because, you know, they're, 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 the, the viscosities are different. Um, you know, the if you've done, if you've used any number of gels, you, you, you should know. I mean, some cause more chalkiness, some cause more sensitivity, some take you to the grayer kind of angle of white, some take you to the yellower angle of white. Um, there, there's so much variability. Um, it's it's not even, you know, a, a close. But I think as dentists, you know, we, we name these things by concentrations. And um, for that reason, we think it's like 200 milligrams of ibuprofen. You know, this mm. totally stable solid, yeah? Um, whether you buy it from you know ibuprofen or from boots should be stable. Bleaching, the reason why the thing whitens teeth is that it's a volatile liquid. It breaks down and it's in that breakdown where the action happens. Um, so, you know, the same syringe, two syringes are different depending on how you keep them and what you do with them, let alone different brands. You know, it, it, it's, it's- Well, uh, I think that's a, that, that's a busted that myth. And I really appreciate it because I saw a recent, uh, I mean, we see these threads all the time and you exactly what you say on Facebook, or whatever. Oh, it's all the same. Wherever you get, it's a 6% hydrogen peroxide, right? And it's that mentality uh, that we have. But so recently, just three days ago, someone said uh, on a Facebook group, hey, which, which is the best etch? Right. Yeah. And then people were like acid, like as a joke. Right. I think well, my, my mate Goss said that and people <laughs> liked it, whatnot. But then people then then my, my buddy Rajiv, uh, who has also been a guest on his podcast for, he said, listen, it's the same. Shit, right. It's it's acid. It's 37 percent phosphoric acid. But then loads of people said, actually, don't have you actually tried the ultra dent one versus this one versus that one. Some are runnier, some are this. And I get a better edge pattern with that. So as you oh, mentioned that, all, I was thinking it's a similar but different. This chemistry is different. It, we all accept it with composites. Right. You know, we all have our favorite True. composites, but they're all they're all got the you know the 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 bis GMA, the glass filler, the silane coupler, and all the you know, if you want to talk about the the ingredients of them, they're mm. they're basically the same. But we all agree, uh, hopefully, that you know, uh, no no offense <laughs> composite is different to uh <laughs> hopefully. I, I might I might beat that one out, just wanna <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'll beat that one out. So no offense to that uh, unnamed uh, uh, composite brand. <laughs> and then the last one was uh, of the of your you're going all the four things where uh, it's so important to get right sensitivity. So sensitivity. Tell us about uh, yeah. what's the best way to manage sensitivity. Yeah. So one important thing is that you know I'm I'm preoccupied by improving the tray. Yeah. Now as you improve the tray, you keep the gel against the tooth for longer. 
That makes whitening better, but that does increase sensitivity. And every time we've improved the tray, we're waiting for a problem with sensitivity. We've done it enough times now that that's, that is the case. Sensitivity is a common side effect. Now, from our perspective, we like external desensitizers, desensitizers that are not in the gel. And we have the absolute bare minimum of desensitizer within the gel. Um, it's actually doing an op opaquing in, of, of, of the teeth that's there for a different reason. Um, but we desensitize externally. Um, what that means is you can target your desensitizing at, let's say, exposed dentine, for instance. Um, but it also means it's almost like a, to, the way I think of it is, you know, that famous thing about shampoo and conditioner. One's, one's doing one thing, the conditioner's doing the opposite thing. The, 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 it's a similar thing. The, 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 the gel is kind of opening the tooth up. The desensitizer is kind of closing the tooth and having them within the same uh, format. It, it, you can't optimize on both is the way I think of it. So we do use external desensitizers. We have a dentist applied one and a patient applied one and a desensitizing toothpaste. Um, those things all together um, minimize sensitivity, but but as important is the, is the tray and the gel. As we said, if the gel's broken down and it's acidic, that's going to cause lots of sensitivity too. It, I mean, it goes without saying that the patients I found who have struggled to get on with whitening due to sensitivity, they're they're sort of doing one day and then two days off, then one day, two days off, and then eventually they get bored and they only really get one week's worth of whitening in. And then they're the ones later on is like, oh yeah, I tried whitening once. It was okay. It wasn't as good as I expected. It's because they weren't able to be consistent and, and get enough whitening time in. Why? Because sensitivity. So that's an obvious one, obviously, that, that needs to be managed so that you can get the a lot of whitening times, response. A lot of times we'll blame the patient in that situation, right? And and it, it's 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 a attractive idea that compliance is the patient's responsibility it sounds like it should be right the patient's not complying but compliance is definitely sensitivity related you know if you can manage sensitivity properly you'll get compliance there's mm -hmm. there's you know that's a key thing and you know you've got to manage sensitivity um we've got to anyway i mean as a dentist all right you, you might treat 100 patients we're treating thousands of patients it's important for us to be able to 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 manage sensitivity um, as I say, it's linked to all the different parts of it. It's the kind of the the the, the one that goes wrong when everything else goes right. You know, mm. A perfect impression, a perfect tray, a perfect gel means you're going to have these high concentrations for long periods. Sensitivity goes up. So you've got to manage sensitivity as well. I'm surprised you didn't mention three other things, which I was thinking that you would mention in what makes a, a effective whitening and, and helps you to reduce those patients who are left unhappy. Uh, and those three for me are... Two are diagnosis related, one is communication related. So one sure. diagnosis related for me is a parafunctional patients, nocturnal parafunction. Surely yeah. they should be having the daytime hydrogen peroxide and not the carbamide peroxide. You, your views on that? So certainly, look, parafunction is by far the biggest problem, but but I was I was focusing on system related sure. issues. So sure. let's 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 get to the patient. For the from the patient, there are six things, but the by far the most important one is parafunction. Um, we still prefer carbamide over hydrogen peroxide, even for daytime bleaching. Okay, um, for daytime, right. Mm. Uh, but, and we still go for nighttime first for two weeks. If it's not working, switch to daytime, simply because an hour during the day is different to an hour at night, um, as far as muscle movement, saliva, saliva um, uh, uh, production. Production, I mean, it's a drier mouth, absolutely. Yeah. Obviously, in, in, in parafunction, you've got more muscle movements at night, but it's, it's difficult to diagnose always the, the pattern of parafunction. You're the expert, right? Um, and, and it's one of those things that um, you, you do, we've, I would say three quarters of whitening issues. Once you fix the other part, the impression, the, the tray, the gel, and the desensitizing, three quarters of problems are sensitive, uh, are bruxism or parafunction related. And when you're examining your patient, number one on your question list should be, is this patient a bruxist? Yes or no? That by far the most important variable as far as the patient factors. The second one- In terms one, of you asking the patient? Well, you you asking yourself, yeah? Because yes, the absolutely, absolutely. The because the patient, I was going to say, the patient's completely unreliable. <laughs> they have, they're oblivious, yeah. but you're, you're spot on. So as a dentist, you should be identifying the wear facets uh, yeah. and also looking whether it's active, look at the tongue. Those masseters, you know. Oh, absolutely, muscle yeah. tone. So you're, you're, you're completely right. And, you know, I've been asking people that what percentage of the population brucks? 
you must have the answer here. I think 10%, you know, all all the time. Yeah. But but the people I, I've been asking Raj uh, Alawalia what he thought about it, he said 100% some of the time. Yeah. And so I completely agree with Raj. So it's it's really interesting, dude, because, you know, there could be a patient who's shown no history of power function going through a, a crisis and then bleaching the teeth during that crisis is then grinding their teeth. It's not working. It's a young patient. Everything looks right. There aren't wear facets yet because a young patient um, and you haven't identified it. So, uh, you know, as a, as a default, when whitening doesn't work, we do switch to daytime and that does work a, a lot of the time to do that. Um, okay. The second thing I would say is enamel thickness. That's um, the one. Enamel thickness, it, the, where it comes into play more is in the in the gingival, um, and and you know the by far the most common complaint in whitening is the neck isn't as white as the tip, or the canine's not as white as the lateral. That's that's the other one, and we'll get to the canine later. But but the neck isn't as white as the tip, um, and if you if you don't notice that the enamel's particularly thin, on this particular patient at the neck of the tooth and you don't warn the patient. And, and the way I would do it is I tell, look, look, look at your tooth. Naturally, the neck is darker than the rest. So once they're bleached, the neck will be darker than the rest as well. And it will be a natural whiteness. And you prepare them for that issue. If you don't prepare that patient with the very thin enamel at the neck for that issue, you have constant problems on this subject. And, you know, then, then you're into, Hey, come on, you can't even see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely have to warn them beforehand. Otherwise you're, you know, that you, have, you don't have anything to fall back to except that. Exactly. Exactly. After that, the other things after that are much less problematic. I mean, we all know about age. Um, we, we know about tetracycline banding. Um, and then, you know, problems near the gingival margin of any sort, white spots, brown spots, um, you know, the, but that again goes to enamel, thinner enamel over there, saliva getting in, in that point as well. Um, so, so that's it. Those, those are the things. One thing I want to cover for sure in this episode, because there might be dentists out there who do whitening, who carry out whitening, but they don't take photos. And I don't know if you find it hard to believe or you find it easy to believe, because you know everyone who, who whitens, I suppose. What percentage of dentists do you think are doing whitening, but are not taking photos? Because it seems ridiculous to me. A good percentage. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> a bad percentage. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's especially in the current climate. I just don't get it because I've had so many patients before uh, who have whitened for, and they say, and they've literally said to me, hey, I think that whitening caused recession. Mm. And it's just because they've noticed it now that they're paying so much more attention. Or they say that, uh, you know what, it hasn't worked. And I show them their photo, and I, you know, one of my pet peeves is seeing photos on Instagram uh, where the, the, you know, there's before and after whitening, but not only are the teeth whiter, the skin is whiter, the lips are a different shade, everything's gone whiter. That's a difficult thing. With, with, with my, my hack I can give to dentists is to use manual flash, not ETTL, when you're doing yes. a whitening cases, because if you use ETTL with the whiter yeah. substrate, it feels, it, it, yeah, you know, you know, it's still the, difficult the to get right. It's still the thing is with you, Jazz, you take it for granted that everyone can take photos. Uh, probably you take it for granted that everyone can use rubber dam. Yeah. But, but th that's not the case. Yeah. Uh, by the way, when I was a dentist, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I have trouble keeping still with a camera <laughs> yeah, with one hand and all that. Yeah. And then I, I saw Minesh, I see Dipesh, right. They pick it up, just one hand. It's just completely still. Um, you, you, not everyone can take photo. Man, that's that's a, that's a really important factor. But, but nowadays with the phone, but I mean, medical legally, put that sure. aside. But just sort of managing patient expectations, because you do get those patients who feel as though they haven't had a good whitening effect, but they generally just don't. They, people, patients often forget where they're coming from, and they often have to be reminded. Yeah. Hang, you were actually here before. Yeah, although 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 uh, you know, Linda talks about uh, and Van Hayward talks about the bleaching the top arch and not the bottom arch to show them this. For me, if you've got to do that, then you're really not whitening teeth enough. You know, the teeth need to go whiter than 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 for you to have to prove it that way. Um, you're right; they they do they do kind of get used to it. And and in the photography, it makes sense to put the before shade in the after photo. Yep. You know, uh, a normal thing is to say, what's the shade now? I'm going to put that shade in it. And you do need to do that. But to put the before shade in the after photo to show the patient how far it's come from from that original point um, makes a lot of sense as well. Uh, absolutely. And something, something uh, I, I've been doing good to know. So that's a, a great little tip there. Pay, you've answered all my questions. So the, the last thing I want to know is what message do you want to give to everyone out there? about anything that annoys you that dentists could be doing better with teeth whitening tomorrow? You know, the, the communication message really, 
the community, I, I really, really do believe that we could all be doing a lot more whitening. I mean, I can, I can be selfish about it, dude, and say it's, you know, to do with the, uh, the company. <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong, it, it, it helps the company. It's much easier for us to have all our users double their whitening than to find another set of users, <laughs> double the number of users. Um, mm. But the reason I say it is, is, is that our patients are super interested in it. We're the experts in this area. And, and we've got this, this issue around embarrassment. Um, and, and, you know, your, your patients are not going to ask you for it. Um, you know, some will, some will. Um, but you need the information. You need to understand what it is you're asking for before you can ask. I mean, I'm I'm getting these. Uh, I'm not getting because I'm not suitable. But I'm I'm looking for laser eye treatment. Yeah. And okay. I was I was amazed by how little I understand about. You know, is it harmful? Isn't it? Is it reversible? Isn't it? Is the is the surgeon the key point or is the system the key point? Um, you know, unfortunately, when a brand gets stronger, like for instance, like Invisalign, people start going after the system, and we all know that the the dentist is is even more important than the system. Um, so, is that the, you know which laser is right? Um, should I go for expensive or cheap? You know, you know, which way should I go? All of that. What are the risks? Yeah. Um, how much does it cost? I didn't, didn't know any of this stuff. Yeah. So the idea that your patient knows, I mean, unfortunately for me, most dentists don't know the difference between enlightened and normal. <laughs> normal. Mm, it's true. I'm, it's I'm true. not doing my job right. Yeah. But most dentists don't know that difference. And so the idea that your patient will, and your patient will come out and ask you, it's not in the culture in the UK for the patient to come out and ask you. The patient comes and asks you for an examination, the vast majority, a tiny minority of dentists mention shade in that examination. That tiny minority end up doing a lot. Not more. anymore. Not anymore because the patriarchy are going to get on it and, and talk about shade. Because I, <laughs> I doubt there's any dentist listening to this right now who doesn't want to do more whitening. It's impossible, you know, uh, unless you just only make complete dentures. And even then, you're prescribing whiter teeth on your on your dentures. So um, you know, there's no dentist out there who wouldn't benefit from from having that communication aspect. It's just an interesting point you mentioned actually that so many patients that. I do have that conversation with now and again about whitening where they didn't mention it to me, but I just think, you know what, they, uh, it's going to be good to speak to them about whitening. And so many of the things, oh, doesn't that damage your enamel? So yeah, yeah, these yeah. are just misconceptions that a lot of patients have. It's a generational thing or I don't know what, but, but to them, it's almost like a dirty thing. Like it's, it's damaging. They see, you know, Katie Price's teeth uh, yeah. on, on TV all hacked and they, they think, you know, somehow that's then, associated look, with whitening. It's almost a magic, magic chemical hydrogen peroxide. Yeah, it's it's good for the gums. It's produced in the body. You know, it's not like a, a you know, like compared to something like Botox, right? And mm -hmm. sticking a poison in your face. <laughs> it's a whole different. Um, patients are really into it. We've got the answers. Everything's in place. Um, and yet, when you talk to a beautician who does whitening, which I have, I've talked to them. Yeah, talk to them. How many whitenings are you doing? Four a day five a day <laughs> and he said wait a minute what what's actually going on here yeah the, the you know at the dentist we're doing one a week and the beautician's doing three or four a day it's that communication thing all right people come to the beautician for wants not needs and and they come to the dentist for needs not wants and and you know we try and flip them around or whatever it is you know um but that communication problem it's in our heads more than anything else yeah if you feel like you're pushing something on your patient they don't need, that's how you'll come across. If you feel like you're educating your patient on something they're super concerned about, that's how you'll come across. And the hack for it, if you want a, a hack, is talk to your patient as if it was your family member. Um, if if they look like your mother, not physically, but you know, Asian sex wise, if they look if they look like that that person, your sister, your mother, your daughter, your friend. Talk to them as if they are your 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 family when it comes to this, particularly. It's kind of like the daughter test, but in kind of the in, in communication, yeah. Um, because you know, hopefully you're not going to be selling this hard at you at, at your family. You just if your family member comes in and say, Hey, you ever thought of whitening them? We've got this amazing thing that does it, you know, that's that doesn't hurt, that's you know, all you know, that doesn't harm. Um, that's a nice hack. Think of it that way. Thank you so much, Pei. And uh, listen, a few episodes ago, I, I did give my, my, one of the pauses to check out your one-hour training uh, online. And now you can go to patrusive.co.uk forward slash enlighten. It will take you straight to your page I saw uh, to, that to get the one-hour training. Uh, so yeah, a little bit of geekiness in the background, but you know, I'm, I'm hoping a lot of people have, have jumped on to, to learn. I mean, 
a lot of the, the points you actually covered in this podcast, and I really appreciate that, but there are a few more things that you go over, a bit more about branding and how to get the team on board as well, which is which is so important. So that's great. But is there anything else that you'd like to, to you know, where can people, uh, maybe if they've never tried Enlightened before, how do they even book their first case? Well, you know, just do that training. Do that training. So either through your link, there's enlightenedonlinetraining.com. Um, and by the way, uh, the, the majority of people who have that training don't end up becoming enlightened users. Um, it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a it's a useful bit of CPD anyway. Whether or not you end up doing uh, enlightened, you'll you'll improve uh, whitening, I think, um, by by coming on that of course. But um, but I, I honestly mean it. It's a real real honor that you asked me on this uh, on this on this because I really love your show, and uh, you know I, I feel really like honored that you've actually asked thank you so much man but no but it was it was a great i mean look an hour almost went like one like that and i feel as though we have just a, a normal organic chat and I, I you know i probed you a little bit twisted your arm a little bit <laughs> we we said a few things about some people maybe we shouldn't have who knows we'll, we'll try and we're trying to bleep those bits out where we can but hey it was it was it was, it was very real chat uh, and i do feel uh dentists particularly young dentists will, will gain a lot of that i mean i'll be honest with you they don't teach us anything about whitening at dental school like nothing no, i don't know how much you know bad. about that but they don't teach us any, well, back when I qualified, I mean, back when I was only seven years ago, but they didn't teach us anything. I didn't do a single whitening case during dental school. Uh, and, and then you suddenly come out and you think, uh, hang on a minute. So you just ask your principal. So I just order a whitening tray and, and then some <laughs> yeah. gel and, and you I sort of make it up as you goes, go along. It goes back to that legacy that, you know, it was illegal for that period until 2012. So dental schools just stayed away from it. Um, I think I think that's where it, it, the, the, the reason. Also, dental schools are very slow you know, to, to include new things. Hopefully they're talking about scanning now. Um, I don't mm. know. Did, whether, did they mention scanning? No, it was still different. Oh, more. definitely not then. But I, I'm hearing some promising things that some dental schools are starting to introduce that. But again, like like you said, it's going to be a, a slow movement, you know, big establishments, universities, they're going to be, well, they're both pioneering, but on a research scale, but in terms of actual students and stuff, using it is is a bit far behind. But but anyway, I mean, if you're, if you're a young dentist, fresh out of dental school, or if you're a dental student listening to this, you will have learned so much about teeth whining and what makes teeth whining effective and loads of communication gems. So Pei, thank you so much for sharing those with us. Really thank you, man. Really thank you for your infectious uh, enthusiasm. But anyone who can make me listen to four podcasts on splints, <laughs> oh my god i can't believe you listen to those it uh, is, I, it is. I appreciate that thank you you're really thank you one of the best teachers out there buddy and you know don't get it oh. wrong you're, you're you're an educator and and you know if this is what going forward education might be like this yeah so um really wonderful really one of the few Amazing. people who wants me to makes me want to pick up my drill again <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's an honor thank you so much Pete. cheers thank you so much for listening all the way to the end uh, i told you it would be a very impactful episode i hope you went away with lots of new knowledge and lots of confirmation of ideas that you already probably had payman's a, a great speaker so easy to listen to and speak to so he was a great guest payman thanks so much for, for listening all the way to the end as well i really appreciate you as well so guys uh, the next episode is also going to blow your mind it's nick sethi on ceramic onlays like he does not hold anything back it's just just an absolute jam-packed episode. A bit like um, Prof. Paul Tipton when he gave every sentence was a, was a pearl on fixed movable bridges in that episode. Uh, Nick Sethi is one not to be missed as well. So I'll catch you next week. Same time, same place. <laughs> <laughs>